Welcome to Green Wave Radio. Your episode starts now. Hi, my name is Jack Gerbeck, and you're listening to Green Wave Radio. Today, we are talking to Mr. O'Reilly, a Del Barton alumni, teacher in both the math and English departments, cross country and track coach. Here is Mr. O'Reilly. Can you tell us about your childhood and where you grew up? Sure. So I actually grew up in Morristown, about 15 minutes away from here. My parents still live in the same neighborhood. I went to uh, Assumption School from pre-K three all the way through eighth grade, so quite a long time, uh, as did all my siblings. You know, I was fortunate to be accepted here in ninth grade, came here, and that's when everything got going for me, I guess. And what made you want to go to Del Barton as a student? Second cousin of mine went here when he was younger. He was sort of the first introduction that I had to the school. Uh, I'd gone to all the camps uh, and everything, and going to Catholic school was really important to both me and my parents. I had never been to like a Del Martin sporting event. I just got into the camps and thought it was cool. I really thought that the lunches were tasty. You know, when I got in, it was sort of a, you know, it was basically my parents saying, okay, well, this is where you're going. And I didn't really have a choice, but I wasn't complaining, so. And what was your experience at Del Martin like? I had an amazing experience. I recently got married over the summer, and a bunch of my groomsmen were Del Barton alum. I think we we had, we took a picture of all the Del Barton people at the wedding. I think there was almost uh, twenty when I was here. My big thing. I I played baseball my first two years. You know, I I thought I was a baseball player when I came into the school, and I really loved baseball. But I realized, you know, after my sophomore year, that you know, running was where I was probably most talented and what I enjoyed the most, and where my closest friends were. So I quit baseball after my sophomore year, committed to running all year round. That was definitely the thing that I spent the most of my both physical and mental energy on. Um, I was also involved in like French club, different things like that. That was sort of maybe my other, uh, probably the academic club that I spent the most time with. And did you always plan on being a teacher? I had no idea what I wanted to do. And to a certain extent, I still don't have any idea. I, I'm enjoying teaching and coaching a lot. But when I was in college, I, I couldn't understand how so many people knew what they wanted to do. I, I remember, you know, I started dating my now wife when I was in high school. And she knew from her junior year of high school that she wanted to be a speech therapist. She was like, just 100% certain. And I couldn't understand how that was possible. And I knew I had friends who knew they wanted to be doctors, friends who knew they wanted to be lawyers, friends who I, I didn't understand how somebody could go into college already knowing what specialty of anything they wanted to do because I truly had no idea honestly all that I really cared about was running and that's what I loved the most and uh, I knew I enjoyed reading and I enjoyed math Uh, so when I went to school I was taking a bunch of math courses and English courses and philosophy courses and just trying to figure it out it took me a while to get to the place that I'm at now so where did you go to college and what were some of the other stuff that you studied yeah, so I went to Boston College. It was a great experience. I went there. Uh, I ran cross country and track there for two years. Ultimately, a bunch of different reasons, mostly injury-related reasons, I had to stop running. I wasn't in a great mental space with running at the time anyways. I have a lot of regrets about that part of my experience and wishing I did things a lot differently. But as far as the classroom goes, you know, I, I started out taking you know math classes, multiverbal calc, things like that took an introduction to philosophy course, was taking 19th century British literature. A lot of, I took a lot of creative writing courses as well. And after my intro to philosophy courses, I 
was already very close with my philosophy professors and the department there. I mean, I didn't really decide on that until the end of my sophomore year. But, you know, I really took a wide array of classes, took poli-sci classes, took intro to American politics, took, you know, a biology course, took a sociology course. I, I really had no idea what I wanted to study and just took, tried to take as many classes in as many different disciplines as possible. So after college, what career did you end up pursuing and what was that like? After college, I, uh, I went into finance. It was a really interesting transition. You know, when I was in college, I really enjoyed reading. I really enjoyed uh, learning about different things. I had a roommate who uh, still one of my best friends, was a groomsman of mine. He got me interested in finance and, you know, financial analysis because I just basically got to read a lot about different companies and how different businesses worked. And that was really entertaining and interesting to me at the time. Uh, and it still is to a certain extent. Uh, so I worked really hard outside of the classroom, involved in an undergraduate trading club at Boston College called Heights Capital, which was a great experience. I was treasurer of that club, feverishly trading and investing my own money on a daily basis. And, you know, fortunately had a great three years, was a high yield bond and leveraged loan trader. You know, we had a great team. I had a great boss. You know, I was felt very well supported at the company. I just ultimately was unhappy every day for no fault of the profession or, you know, anything in that realm. I just, for some reason, I just kept having this gnawing feeling that it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And after three years, the feeling became far too overwhelming to the point where I had to basically completely change my life. Uh, I had to leave, you know, Manhattan. I had to, uh, I moved back here, didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, I started substitute teaching and uh, kind of found my way back home. It was an interesting road. And now you teach both math and English. So how did you end up teaching both of those subjects? My first job, I guess, at Del Barton was in the summer. Two summers ago, I got hired to teach uh, the summer advanced algebra course. That was mostly because at the last minute, they needed somebody to do it. I had a conversation with Father Michael, and I was just available. And I felt comfortable with the material and figured I could do it. And it went well. And during that summer, another faculty member left, and there was an opening in the math department. And they asked if I you know, wanted to take it. And I accepted. At the time, I was already in a grad school program at Seton Hall to get my teaching certificate in secondary uh, English language arts education. That was kind of where my biggest passions were. And I wanted to teach English one day. And there was some availability to teach AP Lit this year. And so I've pivoted to, instead of, I taught four math classes last year, this year I'm teaching two and teaching two uh, AP Lit courses. So what is it like now being a teacher with some of your colleagues formerly teaching you? Is that kind of like a weird dynamic? How does that work? It's very weird. Uh, I, I should say it was weird at first, you know, particularly the figures who had stayed a bit more present in my mind. It was really hard to get out of calling them, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, it was very weird to call him, you know, Mr. Brady by his first name, Mr. Paulette by his first name, Mr. Thompson by his first name, Mr. Thoreau by his first name, you know, and I'm sure I'm missing others, but it was definitely odd at first, but, you know, after a month of just forcing myself to do it, it became natural, and now, now it's not weird at all. And how do you feel about your career now compared to your former career? Well, like I said, my former career was a, was a great career, it was a great job, uh, it was a great company, great boss. And it just wasn't, it was a personal thing that it wasn't what made me happy. Uh, and now similarly, I feel like I have great bosses, great coworkers uh, at a great school, great institution. So I, I'm very fortunate that the two places that I've worked have been fantastic. I feel like what I'm doing now is a bit more aligned with 
what you know God intended to have me do with my life, which is why I think I'm happier. But again, no fault of anybody, just a personal thing of what I enjoy most and how I enjoy spending my days. And right now, I'm certainly very happy. Do you have any future goals lined up? I haven't figured out how to have future goals in teaching yet um, because it feels like every year, you know, I have yearly goals uh, of improving myself. And I'm working on trying to figure out how to think long term from a teaching sense, uh, from a coaching sense. I definitely have long term goals with the team of, you know, wanting to build a team. And we're very competitive on, you know, the county level. Uh, We have individuals competitive at the state and national level, but we really want to take the team to the having a several year long plan to take the team to the, the next level. As far as teaching goes, I'm just enjoying, you know, the goals that I set for myself every day. You know, I had really long-term goals in my old job, so I'm I'm enjoying having more daily goals. Do you have any advice that you would give your high school self now that you are a teacher? Too many pieces of advice to talk about in one podcast, but I'll uh, I'll try to focus on one and that is don't delay your happiness. I tell myself that a lot now. You only have one life and if you try to delay your happiness and you say, well, I, I'm just going to go to, you know, a college that I don't really feel like I belong in, but I know it's going to be, you know, a, a good name on a resume. I'll be happy, you know, once I get through it all and, and it, what it gives me. And then that just ends up leading you down a path of, well, I'm just going to keep doing this. And, and then later on after what it gives me will make me happy. It's definitely a thought that the school is trying to combat amongst the students, but it's hard to do because students are so goal oriented, which is great. But getting myself to release the, the commitment to trying to always do what looked to be the most impressive thing and not focusing on what actually made me happy, being in places that made me happy. Nobody should delay their, their happiness. You should do what makes you happy. And do you have any advice for Del Barton students? Uh, at least with my freshman last year, we were having a discussion in class and somebody was talking about, oh, well, this school is bad and, you know, Harvard is good. And I was like, why do you say that? You know, and, you know, say, oh, well, the rankings, the teachers. And I was like, well, you know, if you go to this school and you take a calculus class and you go to Harvard and you take a calculus class, is the definition of, der- of a derivative going to be different? They're like, well, no. I'm like, okay, well, you're learning the same math, you're learning the same stuff, you know, and, and what it really came down to was this thought of name on a paper and always seeking for that sort of most impressive thing. And that comes from the same thought of, well, I'm just going to do this thing now and it'll make me happy later. And you can't think like that. It's just a downward spiral. So when I say happy, I don't necessarily mean like, you know, sitting on a couch, eating potato chips and watching movies happy. I mean, uh, fulfilled, whether we can put it into words or not, everybody knows when they're doing something, whether they feel fulfillment from it or not, and allowing yourself to seek out that feeling rather than, well, I, oh, I get to tell people that I go to this school or have this job or took this hard class. All that stuff is so useless. So really, if, if, if there's anything I can say, it's don't delay your happiness. Hopefully, we try to cultivate a student body that's very faithful. It's really easy to forget that on a daily basis, but I, I do believe that sticking strong to your faith and not delaying your happiness goes hand in hand. A huge thanks to Mr. O'Reilly for sharing his story. I think a lot of Dubarton students feel pressured to pursue things because it looks good on a college application or resume. 
but Mr. O'Reilly's story proves that passion creates the best life experiences compared to checking the box of expectations that people set for you. Thank you for listening and see you next time on Green Wave Radio.